0: This podcast contains explicit language, really explicit language.
1: Listeners of this show should be advised that we will deal with a cult that has certain ideas that
0: are, um... They're fucked, Paulina. Yeah, they're really fucked. We'll be dealing with all the ist, aughts, and ites.
1: Racists, bigots, anti Semites, misogyny, certainly. And ooh, eugenics. Kicking it old school with eugenics.
0: Certainly a very old way to be racist. But you've got to remember, MGTOW and everything we're talking about is a cult. Uh, no matter what they say, nothing they say is real. And we love you.
1: We absolutely love you. Thank you for coming along on the ride, and we're sorry already. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A clip coming up later in the show.
2: I am. I've been recording this whole thing, so I'm turning it into the FBI as soon as we're done.
0: (laughs) Well, that's like an interesting thing people don't always know about outside of journalism. I don't know if Hawaii is one, but do you know about one-way consent?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if Hawaii has that or not.
0: Well, every state has one-way or two-way consent for the listeners. Right. And so you can I remember record. in Chicago,
2: I would record my my manager because I thought she was a liar. So in Chicago, <laughs> <laughs> it's one-way.
0: What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult Hashtag cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint they use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. But let's start. Hello, who the hell? I'm Mike Fallick. (laughs) Who the hell are you?
2: I'm Chelsea Conley.
0: Chelsea, why should I even give a shit? No, Chelsea. The question
2: is, why should I give a shit about you, Mike? Right, and the
0: podcast is over. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. (laughs) This has been another episode of Discourse on the Internet, how most of you talk to each other. (laughs) That's how it is when people disagree on something. Are we allowed to say "fuck you" to each other? Yeah, "fuck you." Goodbye. Um, Chelsea was in a sketch we did—a really cool sketch about what colts are. Now, here's the thing: I forget who you play because there were so well, many. Well, that voices. makes
2: me feel really nice. I was the best character. I'm sure that's why you were just blinded by my talent. Um, it's mostly I was the blue due to one. an
0: editing unorganization.
2: <laughs> no, no, remember. no. I've edited stuff. I've, I've listened to so many voices and editing processes that I, I feel you on that. So yep. no worries. I was the talented one. I was the blue <laughs> character.
0: Oh, oh, the talented one. Got it. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you were. I believe, the script name because we named them in the script. But <laughs> we didn't use those names as much as we thought was... I feel like it was Melvin. Mel- Melville. 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 Yeah, he
2: was an evil cult leader, which I've always wanted to be. So I was happy to to get the part.
0: So what we're going to do today is we're going to play clips from uh this sketch we did explaining very basically what a cult is. Um, if this is your first episode of Hashtag Cult, stop, start. We've already done a little bit of a funny intro. You already got some for free, out of order. Stop. You're welcome. Go back, listen to episode one, and we'll start over. Uh, uh, and then you'll get to here eventually. But I guess if this is any to skip, it's this one, because like, whatever. <laughs> it's a standalone <laughs> sketch. But okay, here we go. We're doing an investigation into MGTOW, which is a sort of new model of cult, a hashtag cult. And so we wanted to really, you know, for me, before we get into the actual episode, Chelsea, uh, I'll admit, before starting this, I did not understand that the video, and we've now been praised by the people we consulted, like Rachel Bernstein and Chris Shelton and Dr. Drew about this being accurate. I didn't get that this was a cult, and I've watched a lot of stuff on cults.
2: Yeah, I've, I've learned a lot from listening to your show about what specifies a cult. I think one of my notes was, like, is it because they can only get this information from one source? I've watched so many documentaries on cults, I didn't truly understand what makes one. I just thought they were interesting.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that that was, like, part of the movie is, like, if you listen to episode one, I had this encounter with a friend, right, and I thought he was brainwashed. He sounded brainwashed to me. Yeah. Is it a cult became this whole other idea and learning about cult education. So it's it's been uh, pretty awesome. So let's start at the <laughs> beginning with uh, my first clip, which uh, Chelsea doesn't have my notes, the mystery. Um, <laughs> Can't wait. This clip here about our main subject. Cults can be anywhere. Act one. High on the hill was a lonely Gerald. You're not, I don't know.
1: Gerald. Hi. Shut up, Gerald. Hey, now! Gerald is going to get sucked up into a cult. A type of coercive relationship.
0: I highly doubt that. Uh, for me, saying that Gerald is going to get into a cultic situation, and he denies it, is the key to the thing that that we brush up against the most, which is the idea that anyone can get sucked up into a cult. It's very um, true. I didn't know if you watched this, like other people have had the experience. Could you now seeing the way that Gerald gets manipulated in this sketch? Did you feel as though you'd ever been in a situation with someone trying to like coerce you or be cultic towards you?
2: I mean, I've been to the local GNC where they sell protein powders and I've bought hundreds of dollars worth of that. And I feel like that's a bit of a cult. But as far as your yoga experience, which I did listen to that episode, nothing like that. That's yeah. uh, that's a whole nother level. So I think that's where we draw the line is like, are we joining a community or are we joining a cult?
0: Yeah. And even just, uh, we, qu- we quote Hoyt Richards all the time on the show and his interview will be out soon on the podcast, but just like, this is situations that happen to you. Is there someone who's too aggressively trying to get you to like, follow them on social media? Or is there someone who's like, very much like, uh, you know, even just minor amounts of... of uh, you know, as you get into abusers, you know, there's always people that are trying to form these kind of coercive relationships. I feel as though we've had a lot of people reach out to us and say, oh, wow, no, this is a thing that I've had. I I was in a multi-level marketing thing. This uh, partner was this way. And so it was important to say, like, smart people get into cults too, and a lot of smart people get into cults.
2: Well, yeah, and it has nothing to do with intelligence in my book. It's all about vulnerability and where you're at in life. I've found across all the documentaries all the readings I've done on cults it's always somebody who's at a low point or a vulnerable lonely place in their life and they're actually just searching for community mm-hmm. people of like mindedness it doesn't have to be tying your shoes or protein powders it can be anything they're just looking for connection
0: oh yeah we, we I made a movie before this called telephone dieting and it, it, it you know, <laughs> speaks to the protein powder stuff and the idea was like telephone dieting like you know we get all this diet information cuz it's just like the game of telephone and mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to this one guy who was a pro athlete. He was, he was still pursuing it. And I talked to him about like, why is it that other people try and get you to do supplements and, you know, and and take steroids and things like that? Like, why (laughs) does that happen? That peer pressure? And he made a really great statement that I feel impacts this movie as well, which is, they want they need it to feel normal. If they can get yeah. you to do it their world appears more normal. So totally like it's weird that people come up to you and just you just say what you're eating and they start giving you diet advice and pills Absolutely. you should take. Like why do you need that? So anyway, speaking of food, the most important section which will <laughs> I don't know how we Donuts demonstrate
1: this. candy games.
0: So, I am Marge.
1: Behold. This is Marge, and she has a
0: new way of thinking. Did you know you can cook a pancake in a cake tin? Just like a cake. Yeah. What did you think of my actual real-world fact that I discovered, which is that you can make a pancake in...
2: Okay, that was nuts. I'm gonna be honest though; the pancake you made didn't look that appetizing. There were no chocolate chips. There was no syrup. I wanted more. I wanted emotion. There was nothing there. It was just a pancake in a tin.
0: You know, you have to admit on a movie like George Lucas going back <laughs> and adding some some more of those little lizard creatures. From hold, hold on, I actually this is a rare time. What are what are the name of the lizard creatures? Du-bats. du backs. We got to add more do-backs. I do feel you're right. I think it's a legitimate Mas criticism. do-backs. It's a legitimate criticism of the film. It's not, it, I, like, I don't eat regular plain pancakes. Are you kidding? Okay, like, well. Definitely with chocolate <laughs> chips, your first right? That's mistake. Yeah, chocolate <laughs> chips always, right? Yeah, that, you got to
2: put some stuff in it.
0: You're right. I didn't put me into the film.
2: (laughs) But I did on a serious note. I loved the comparison. I did because it really simplifies it. I'm all about easy, simple communication so that everybody can understand that really simplified the concept and I enjoyed it
0: because it's like there are we've talked about this before and like we start at the outside in in making the film. There was a lot of thought in my mind in writing the script was like, what is something that happens to you every day? And what is something that? probably only happens to a unique group of people who are really abused and one of the things we run into time and time again is identity you know like these factoids that people share with us all the time you know that I know you know those people Chelsea (laughs) like sharing some life hack is like I am (laughs) the Dalai Lama sent to Passaic New Jersey to let you know how great I they think it's them it's bizarre. And you
2: know for a fact that everybody who watches that clip is going to make those pancakes and think you are the ultimate guru of pancakes. It's just going to happen. That's just oh. how the internet works. Oh,
0: yeah. There's no way anyone gives me credit for that. They they will all. always... Did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i do believe i discovered it i don't want it but there's like the guy that gets this thing attached to themselves they either <laughs> you are just gonna said,
2: i do believe i discovered it you're claiming you <laughs> look, discovered that and i am i'm here for it everybody he has discovered a new way to make pancakes
0: look i'm very uncult like i'm fine if this is the most mm-hmm. cold cult- I'm, I'm fine if it's the most cult leader i am <laughs> in fact it's it's a pretty good uh it's a pretty good line for me. I do. Th- I don't know. I've never heard anyone else say it, but it's not actually saying anything. It's just saying you can make cake batter in the same way you make other cake batter. Um, listen,
2: your cult is just as important as other cults. Don't, don't downsize you. it. Thank meow, you. I meow. won't
0: downsize it. Um, uh, your next note is my next note as well. 110 to 123. So th- I this, have no this, idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that happens on this, on this show all the time. We're like, mm-hmm. And then, like, we'll take 10 seconds, and I'll be like, hey, did both of us forget what we're talking about here? Whoa, you just blew my mind. Now, this little factoid is just that. A fact.
1: Marge, where did you learn that fact?
0: I saw it on a
1: bus ad. If Marge claims she had gained that knowledge in a radical way, say, from her very own life or from a special group, this may have led Gerald into a cultic relationship. And...
2: And that's where I started differentiating actual cults versus just communities of thought where it's coming from a very specific source and you only get that information from that source, or at least they make you feel that way.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like the, the places where cults thrive are generally, from what I've learned, co-opting and mm-hmm. uh, that, or at least that's one of the big ways to succeed. I don't want to say, the most, but and co-opting like allows you to be like, it's something you already know, but somehow mm-hmm. I know more of it. Like right. that's a really cool tool, um, and it also is a great way to like elevate you. I heard a cute thing. Did a cute thing make make trouble? Was there a cat in there? Oh, you heard
2: that? Yeah, well, I like My cats. I always bring it to is attention. Is so curious. No, she, I've closed the door on her, and she is pissed.
0: Oh, that's (laughs) so cute. Her little head
2: is, come on, come on in, come on. You're going to do it anyway.
0: Oh, it's so cute.
2: She, whenever I record, I always hear, like, a little door squeak, (laughs) and I'm like, here's Izzy. All right, Down. Down. good girl she just wants to be involved go.
0: yeah she's helping <laughs> look we're pro animals helping out on this show they really <laughs> i'm glad <laughs> you know how, like during the war they'll always be like this pigeon killed 19 germans like <laughs> i want to just
2: anti-pigeon start... <laughs> <pigeon> movement
0: <laughs> i want to start crediting like dogs like and produced by this dog you know we never have yeah. art dogs okay checking sources you had a note on this
2: Yeah, and you guys get into this a lot in the podcast because Paulina is really big on it. But, you know, if anything's important in our world right now, it's checking your sources. And what you were just talking about with, you know, getting a piece of information that's in tune with something you already know, but just seems better. Obviously, you should check that out. You know, in your animation, it's just a blue man walking up to a man on the street, sharing information. And you know how many times that probably happens? That probably happens a lot, if not on the physical street, but definitely on the internet. You just see some random person post information and you accept it because you're like, that's kind of what I knew.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like in the animation, it's a blue man coming and pointing at you and... I love that animation. <laughs> that point yeah. is like something I've used a lot in my animation. It's very like ridiculous point. Yeah. But it really, to me, like to your, to what you're saying is like, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like when someone just shoots information at your face, whether it's in an email or just in conversation, you're talking to someone and they just decide that they're going to tell you this thing for, for you yeah. know, no reason. Uh, it, it, it can shock you and you're not expecting... You're not expecting like information to like, I guess it's this thing of conversation that people get upset about on the wrong side of things. They're like, well, why is someone affected by this? And it's like, I'm more shocked the other way around where it's like, (laughs) (laughs) as uh, us as artists, I'm like, why are people not violently reacting to things being put in front of their face all the time? And, you know, like... People are able to ignore quite a bit, actually. Um, yeah. But-
2: and I'm the complete opposite. When I hear something, I automatically assume it's a lie. Like, everything you've said to me so far has been a <laughs> lie. Anything my mom taught me, it's a lie. So when I read things on the internet, I the first thing I do if it shocks me is my brain just, like, shuts off. I don't even accept it, and I go somewhere else to try to find it. And that's not a brag. That's um, an emotional deficiency that I have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm... I'm i'm the same way but i mean no <laughs> i'm not that way at all yeah i mean it's like one of the the big things we've seen that we talked about on the show as well is like people posting graphs like a graph is not anything no you can't just have a graph stats
2: and stats are not anything when people show numbers they think oh numbers that's gotta be true and i'm like no
0: well, who did <laughs> what did they pull that from who are they asking come yeah. on and uh like like one of the ones that MGTOW uses is the 80-20 rule, which is a real phenomenon in business, in money. And it falls apart right away when you start to get into like people. Because the 80-20 rule is just, just essentially, it's nothing more than the people at the top of the company control more money than the people at the bottom. That's not yeah. like anything brilliant. But then they've decided that means 80 <laughs> I laugh every time I say this, but and maybe maybe I shouldn't because they are a cult. Eighty percent of women are going after the twenty best percent of men. <laughs> to which I say, what is the best man? Like, what is a? Yeah, if you figure that
2: out, could you let me know? I know, right?
0: <laughs> it's a struggle, uh, you know, and it's it's like so. To be honest,
2: I look for men that are more like women. So if maybe that's the category. Well,
0: well, that's something you hear them say all the time. Like, as a as you identify as a, a woman. I'm a, I, I, I do. I, okay, yes. Flesh when, and blood. As a guy, I understand some of what these migtail guys are saying. It's like, they'll say things like, well, they want all these fit guys. And then you'll talk, and, and as a man, when you see all this media of buff guys, it is hard to believe when you talk to women and they go, a, a, a straight woman and they go, oh, I'm attracted to like bigger guys. I like them to be hairy and like big. Yeah. A lot of women say that. And it's like, when you talk to men and you say that to them, you say that, look, listen to this woman saying that, listen to this woman saying it. It's, it is, it's the same problems that you have. You have this societal bias to fat shame yourself and all these different things. So I get that element of it, but that's not a healthy way of thinking. So to no. say the 20 best percent of men are just Hugh Jackman from Wolverine, like, oh. that's weird. That's Did weird. Did you know
2: that Hugh Jackman cries in almost every single one of his movies? Did you know how he does Do you know how he does it?
0: No, but can I tell you, this is awesome because I want to hear this fact because <laughs> I, I want to do this. <laughs> oh, bit. you're going to hear it. I, I want to do this bit with you. I always do. Hugh Jackman being like a pretentious snob, like saying how he prepared for the role of Wolverine. It's like one of my favorite. I could do this for 20 minutes, just being like... And so I was sitting in my kitchen and I said, how can I get in the mindset of a man who has knives between his fingers? You know, what is it like? So I would walk around. I said "I said to my wife, I said, "How how can you live that experience of having knives? And so what I did was, I learned this from Stanislavski, was I put knives... Well, Sporks, in between Grounded my cake. fingers and walked around and said, I'm the Wolverine, I'm the Wolverine. And that really got me <laughs> in that place. So thank you for asking me, James Lipton, because it was a hard character to understand. So I'm the Wolverine, I'm the Wolverine with Sporks. And I. it was a struggle. You can't drive a car. You can't uh, scratch your You can make pancakes. You. You can't believe... Thank you. And those are the struggles that really went into me just being buff Yo, and Uncle shouting on camera. <laughs> so how does he cry? He pulls his pubic hairs out. No, he doesn't. Is this real? Yes, he does. Is
2: this real? Does he? Does he sur- I read, is this so real? I read this on the
0: internet. Well, we'll have... Insert Michael here in post production. <laughs> this is Michael in post production. Not only does Hugh Jackman not pull his pubic hair out to make himself cry, uh, apparently, Hugh Jackman spends more time crying on films than not. There's apparently quite a few stories of him just crying on set, like a lot, just because he's emotional. Um, Additionally, don't search Hugh Jackman pubic hair Because uh, we're going to talk about stalkers at the end of this episode Uh, On a less funny note, Hugh Jackman was attacked by a stalker Who threw a pubic hair filled razor, like a shaver at him While he was at the gym Um, So this is not only false, it's A bizarre internet rabbit hole I'm saving you from I was almost not gonna put it in The edit That it's fake Until I found out that The most difficult things to find out information about on the internet Are A. Hugh Jackman crying B. Hugh Jackman and pubic hair related incidences Okay, so the question is this Is where does he Okay, hold on You know where pubic
2: hair is (laughs)
0: Where does he? Did you you think I'd be like no? Uh, So wait, hold on. Is the idea that every time I see Hugh Jackman crying, his hands are also near his crotch?
2: Well, several minutes beforehand, yes. But that's what gets his eyes to
0: water. And then what? He just like rolls into it. He just keeps going. That's like well, he puts first.
2: He puts the knives back between his fingers, and then he rolls into it.
0: I need to, this post production here's Michael actually checking if this is true. Where does he do this in his trailer? Where does he put them? Does you he know that hand? he does it in
2: front of everybody. He's oh. Hugh Jackman.
0: Oh. Okay. Well, the I'm audience. I,
2: I, I'm sorry Hugh Jackman because when you listen to this, not if, when you listen to me accuse you of pulling pubic hairs in front of the cast, I want you to know that I may have made that up We've never met But if you want to meet You can talk to me about this We can set the record straight
0: <laughs> But but there you go There it is right there Is like Neither of us knows If this is true And we're broadcasting yeah. Out on the internet
2: Well and the fact is Mike You can only get that Information from me So yeah. That kind of info
0: Speaking of thing. which Enter Golds. One minute cults. F- Someone <laughs> We just did an episode About wanting to make it darker And maybe I'll just start Doing that after everything And mm. when we're happy about- um <laughs> one minute 45 here comes the best character of all i agree here she comes. melville sets the whole thing up i believe i really? believe he's called evil cultist melville yes in the yes, script um that is his full name gerald your shoe is untied <laughs>
1: don't you dare tie that shoe um Act Two.
2: They meet and discuss Pac Man references. Well, if you tie that shoe the wrong way, you'll have to retie it again. And if you retie it again, you will ruin society by using up our precious air supply. Because there's only a little, and you are a lot.
3: Maybe this person's way of doing something is a little bit better than my way. Ooh!
2: shoelace advice later? Well, you need to know and understand these are the reasons tying your shoe is a bad waste of time, and why wasting
1: time is bad.
3: Look, I cannot listen to this guy. There's no way this is that important.
1: It isn't. Very few things are. But making you listen for long periods of time not only can brainwash you, but it falsely creates the air of importance. This may be a cult, Gerald. Maybe it is time to leave.
0: You know, one of the other things in talking to these people, uh, in, in playing your character, that I don't know if you know, we talked about shocking facts that that get your attention. But they also have a tendency to group obvious facts, from my experience. And I'd love, and this is what question that I want to, we're doing like an AMA, that I think will be out by the time this comes out. This grouping of like obvious things, like, you know, you need to tie your shoes every day, right? You can't just go around without tying your shoes. Everyone has to tie their shoes. Like, that's like an obvious fact. That's one part we could have put in here. Um, but yes, yeah, so how did you get into the character of evil cultist Melville?
2: Well, you know, I actually tried a few different voices. Um, anytime I'm, I'm doing a character, I imagine them as like three different people. And since... It was. It seemed like a male role. I, I did play with a female voice, just in case, or a more feminine voice. Um, but I'm always attracted to like the obnoxiously Victorian villain, like the out of control laughter kind of uh, megamind ish. Mm-hmm. He's like my favorite villain. So that's that's who I channeled my my inner Will Ferrell, blue headed
0: villain. It's like a like Matt Berry on IT Crowd too. Like that. I have like. no
2: idea who that is, but oh. if it's anything like I just described, I'ma Google it.
0: It is, yeah. No, get it. Get into getting. You got to get to like the third season of IT Crowd, or like he's in what we do in the shadows. <laughs> um, oh, I love that show. Which one is he? He is um, the British one, not. New, oh no my one. god. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> that show that. is
2: ridiculous. So, so, okay, I'm in. I'll I'll do it. It's it's still quarantine here in Hawaii, so <laughs> always need a new show. Um,
0: yeah, I I felt as though the, the 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 one thing about this character coming in and just telling you what to do is this thing of like the conscientious person, which I am really, like the idea of interfering in someone's life and t- like I, I, we did this on one of my comedy shows once, like, should you give people advice was like a real question that I struggle with all the time. Like, do you take a Taoist attitude and not interfere with everybody? or sh- like is giving advice even to so- to unasked advice is that like the slight like the minor minor end of the spectrum of being culty
2: That's tough. I mean that means my my parents are like hardcore cultists.
0: <laughs> Cuz well, I mean that's an interesting thing. Not to oh, this is. Hey, hi, hi, Chelsea. We've just met. Get You'll ready for me to call your phone. parents horrible people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like we all have this with parental figures, right? Where they are telling us to do things, and that's why it is so easy to a parents to do terrible things to their kids. But on the flip side of it, it's why we all hate our parents because at a certain because <laughs> po- at a certain point, as much as we love them, it's like. I believe that there is a certain power that comes with being a parent. Oh, and for sure.
2: You're leading your own little tiny cult.
0: Yeah, and and, and I think that that is... The, it, understanding what's annoying about cults is closer... From my journalistic perspective, it's closer to a terrible parent, and that's what people in cults have said too. It's closer to an abusive relationship. They are just wide-scale abusers. So yeah. all all the stuff that we hate about our parents is, you know, put them in, put every parent in jail is my point. And yeah, they
2: should all go to prison. But yeah. I mean, I think what I'm realizing that now that you're saying this is a lot of this has to deal with dependency and the type of relationships we have. And I I feel like most of the people that end up in cults are more drawn to dependent relationships instead of independent relationships.
0: Well, that's, that's interesting you say that because it's usually, um, I, I hate using usually, from the people I've spoken to, the, one of the techniques they use is the sense of empowerment. The sense of, yes, you're now coming to me. But actually what I'm selling you is the power for you to be Mm -hmm. independent and to be strong. And it's the abuser, the cult leader, the the person above you in the cult of the team defending the philosophy, whatever it is, that's like not making you not realize you're dependent on it, making you not realize like, oh man, no, like I'm actually weaker than ever. I'm actually (laughs) less dependent than ever, but they're telling you you're not. They're telling you you need them and that you'll be nothing without them
2: yeah i mean and the same thing happens with romantic relationships you know healthy one unhealthy somebody ends up becoming dependent or both people and you don't realize it because you're living your daily life as person becomes so entwined with it that you become dependent on them for your future and i mean it's it's essentially everywhere in our lives so the fact that people walk in cults isn't isn't that shocking to me i guess
0: yeah and uh, two of our experts have said, uh, uh, three have said that, you know, abusive relationships can be, it can turn into a cult of two. And we've had not just, we've had a bunch of people reach out that were like, Hey, my husband or boyfriend was saying this type of language, hearing you talk about this investigation. I realized he was like becoming more indoctrinated. Um, I didn't know what red pill was. He talked about these things and it, 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 you know, it tore us apart and I, I wasn't aware of it. It was covert. It was hidden. And there's also plenty of people who say, man, you talking about the way these things happen. It sounds, it's the exact same way that I got together with someone on the internet or, you know, I was in this bad relationship. So it is, it is, it's one of these things where it's like, one of the points of our investigation That I think is important to have a man on it Is to say to other men Like we need to stop abuse before it happens And like getting you Getting men to be aware Of what may be abusive behavior Or what may be the cycle of abuse Is a yeah. responsibility we can Put on people uh, But this is supposed to be a fun show So let's talk for two <laughs> seconds about our opinions About pandas What do you think about pandas? Hot talk, we'll put some music, music Pandas are
2: adorable in but they're lazy AF
0: You heard it here. Panda's adorable, but fucking lazy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, I actually
2: saw, I went to Japan and I, we went only to the zoo to see the panda, because I think zoos are pretty sad places, but that's the only place you can see a panda. And we went and it hid behind a tree and slept the entire time. Didn't come out to see me for a goddamn second.
0: Would you like me to blow your mind about uh, about most like predator animals except for us, which might explain a lot that they sleep all the time. Cats sleep. Cats sleep twenty hours a day. Uh, What? uh, I think lions sleep like sometimes twenty two hours a day. Like, I wish I was allowed to do that. I know. I think it's why we're all messed up. Anyway, uh, hot, hot take. You be pa- sleeping more. I agree. Red pandas are better than pandas. Um, three minutes, ten. <laughs> it's a strong, strong statement. <laughs> I stand by it. Uh, uh, no, wait, unless you disagree. In which case, please keep subscribing. I love you. Um, unless you don't. Whatever. <laughs> it's all for my personal gain that I say anything. Um, three minutes, ten. We have this clip. But cults are defined by
1: how they treat each other Not just by their ideas Most Colts have some reasonable ideas or ideals That's one of the reasons people listen in the first place
3: You could have told me that before
1: Let's see how Gerald fares with the cult now
3: Hey, I'm Gerald Please, just give me advice before anything bad happens Act 3,
1: the one where they think they're friends Joey, not featured Oh, I get it, Gerald You can't handle tying shoes our way you're one of those idiots
3: no i i think it's it's probably fine this just seems like i just this is this is a lot
1: i bet you think it's just shoes so who cares screw you i thought you were one of us i even kind of liked you
3: i liked your shoelace suggestion i did i was really only listening to see if you had tips and to be honest i was mostly listening to be
0: polite chelsea go ahead tell us how you feel
2: Well, yeah, the whole point of this is that they convince you that they're friends. But the the thing that stuck out to me, and I hope it's not after the clip we're talking about, was the negging. Mm -hmm. And that always works. But when the character walks up and starts negging the guy who she thought was going to be her friend, she thought he was cool. I feel like that negging strategy works more often than it fails.
0: Yeah. And one of the ways that it was explained to me by... Man, I wish I remembered every expert that says stuff. But uh, they were like, you need to get them low. You need to keep them low in order to abuse and keep someone and coerce someone in any abusive or coercive relationship. So that they can be below you. But at the same time, you need to beat that with love. The love has to be so intense that you tolerate (laughs) the crap." Yeah, and, and so the negging of like, oh man, like, like it's not necessarily, like, I think people think like, well, why would someone, this is a big thing you hear about cults, about abusive relationships, why doesn't someone leave? And what the experts tell us is, it's not walking away from the abuse, you're walking, they're, they're making, they're phrasing it that you're walking away from the love. They frame right, it in a way.
2: Yeah. Right,
0: you're going to lose love. You're not going to lose the abuse, you're losing all this love which is intense mm-hmm. and weird in a way. I mean, they've just... Th- this is a great example of things, you know. They've just met, and all of a sudden... It's like, you know, in in terms of pickup artists, it's like that really weird guy at a bar who's like, I feel like we have a deep connection. When, yeah. like, you know, when you're a piece
2: of shit. You know, I can make you better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you experienced this in life where people are like, you want to be a part of the group and they say something, and then you're like, oh, wait, what? Like...
2: Uh no well yeah I have but usually when people critique me I get so angry that I leave <laughs> so don't do that um <laughs> but um but yeah I've totally, I mean mostly with with dating I've I've experienced negging and and just people really? kind of tearing you down so that they themselves can build you back up it's it's just a strategy and it reminds me of like military you know how they take all the people to boot camp and they bring them down to their lowest possible level and then they build them back up to the person they need them to be and I essentially think that's what cults do however they do find people close to that bottom point I think so it makes it a lot easier yeah. but what they're doing is building that person up in their own image
0: a friend of of me and the show b rob who does a, a podcast he was he's a veteran and when we were t- when I was saying what a cult is he's like well that sounds like boot camp a yeah. lot and he, <laughs> he, he said that without me saying it. and i was like yeah yeah i mean it's like it's like that but instead of building you into someone who's fights for their country they build you into someone who cleans toilets or whatever you know whatever other culty weird thing they want to worships wanna. pandas worships pandas do you worship pandas do we offend somehow a whole group of people that do <laughs> don't know that I we're
2: actua- opening up the comments so you can't tell us
0: actually you know what if there's a religion worshiping panda <laughs> hit me up I'm not,
2: yeah. I'm not a fun- I, you know there is <laughs> there's a religion a fun- for
0: everything well that's one of the things that when we tell people this is this is a cult we go you think that cults are just things you've heard of there's thousands every day When I ask cult people if they've heard of this, they go, I'm inundated with a cult every day I'm inundated with somebody needing help from something new every week And I've never heard of it Um, Ten, You know, you have ten people, that could be a cult That's a pretty big cult in my opinion Um, Yeah So your next clip is at four minutes, nine seconds
3: To be honest, I was mostly listening to be polite
0: Oh, that's it?
1: Well, how will you know if we discover a better way? What? The people who used to be in your life
2: didn't tell you how to tie your shoes the right way the first time. Not your mom,
1: not your dad, not your dog, not the sky.
3: Yeah, what the F has your dog ever done for you? Nothing.
1: We love you, Gerald. Really? Yes, Gerald. As friends. Plus, we got weird beliefs about sex. What was that? We have weird attitudes about sex. See, told you, yep. Come on. Let's all hug our new shoelace brother. I wrote a note
2: about the the girl group I formed in second grade. I don't know if that's what you let's want to talk about or not. Let's
0: talk about it, please. That's what we really need to hear.
2: Yeah, this is important stuff. Um, in second grade, you know, first grade, such a blur, but I remember second grade like the back of my fucking hand. Um... We created a, a girl group that would fight the boys at recess. I mean, I'm talking sticks, rocks, dirt. We would go back into class covered in bruises and dirt. Our teachers would be like, well, kids. Because <laughs> it was West Virginia. I mean, you know, we came to school dirty. Um, so anyway, every day at recess for months, we would fight. And I just, the only thing I really remember that vividly, other than the actual battles, was that my best friend, uh, her name will remain anonymous mm-hmm. she wanted to be the leader and i was the leader so i told all the other girls in the group that she was like an idiot and couldn't handle the pressure and i was the only one that could do it and they believed me so i eventually told her you know you can be the leader when we when i graduate but the thing was we were the, in the same age group so we were both going <laughs> to graduate at the same time so she was an idiot i wasn't wrong
0: <laughs> oh my god that's amazing so did you have a name
2: no, we didn't have a name.
0: Wow, brutal.
2: We should have
0: anonymous street vigilantes.
2: It was just yeah, anonymous angry girls beating the shit out of young boys.
0: There's a lot of other psychological things to unpack in there that I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you're working on. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, that, that's that's like that's the big thing, right? First of all, this has one of my favorite jokes. It's like a humor I'm trying to get, which is, "What has your dog ever done for you?" And then the person responds, yeah. "Nothing," because it's like. It's such a quiet sense of humor <laughs> that I don't. dog realize.
2: done for you, Gerald? So that was like the weirdest line.
0: <laughs> I had to re—I had to redo it because no, I knew nobody knew what I was. I think everybody tried it at some point, um, but like I—I I wanted it to be like. I think that was your line. It was yeah, someone's line
2: taken from I, I,
0: everyone. Tried it. I, nobody, nobody get, got mm-hmm. what I was going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a the character <laughs> is named in this. <laughs> no, this is the point where we fight. This is inside the actor studio. Um, behind the scenes, music. Where are they now? Um, yeah, I, this was a reference to a character on Trailer Park Boys who's named Donnie, who does the same thing. Oh but my the real God, joke. That show. The real joke was Gerald saying nothing because like that's so funny to me cuz it's 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 a it's it's totally a culty thing to say like how has your dog been an effective relationship for you in your life like what is your dog add to your life You're and like they,
2: now that i think about it no he's right? just
0: a burden exactly i mean if you actually think about it your dog has never done anything for you but and no, it's my some,
2: dog right now is just laying beside me doing
0: Nothing <laughs> And it's like this thing That cults will ask In my opinion That are like Either just Plain nothingness Like that makes you Re-examine things Right Or like In
2: in the light of their question That's I think what's key Is they make you Re-examine things And outside of their Them being close to you Them asking you that question You would probably analyze it In favor of the dog But since they're looking at you The way they ask it to you And what You know what they're expecting you to say. There's all of those filters that that answer is coming through.
0: The best example of this in our investigation was a, what I have opinion is a schism from uh, MGTOW or is affected by MGTOW and getting an audience from them, which is uh, John Sanmes, who has his own motivational thing. And he uh, asked me if you see a lineup of men and one of them's in a wheelchair, which one are you going to have sex with? And the question, whoever's willing, Mike. uh, Yeah, I know, (laughs) right, Uh, John. I'm not so good at hitting on men. Let me don't don't throw out all the possibilities, right? But it was like I answered him like, a, I'm a journalist. I don't have to answer his question. But it's this weird hypothetical that's supposed to confront me to get me to believe to think he's right. And so then I answered in the only way I knew. I said, let me get in the headspace of someone who likes having sex with men. And let me see if I can think of a fantasy of having sex with someone in a wheelchair. And I did. And that wasn't a good answer for him. I was like, I I honestly, I'm pretty far... What did he want you to say? He wanted me to say that like... You know, oh, it don't isn't it? Isn't it? Aren't? Isn't like some? Don't you see someone in a wheelchair and, and women find it so unfuckable? To which, to which my question is: Then you're not asking me a, a woman, a straight woman. You're asking me a straight guy, and I think as a straight guy, I managed to get myself pretty turned on to having sex with this guy in this wheelchair. So, yeah. like, I feel like he failed his question, but it, 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 it's it's a question that he's hoping. Like, right. what has your dog ever done for you? Yeah, he's hoping I'm like, oh well, uh, yeah, I guess you're right about that. I would nev- no one would ever want to have sex with someone in a wheelchair. God, you're right. Yeah. You know, it's horrible. I mean,
2: it's it is, and it's exactly like how they, you know, they're saying the SATs and stuff are are biased. It's the way a question is asked is so much more important than the question itself. So Ooh, When they're asking, oh, "What does your dog do for you?" that totally implies nothing already. You're not going to answer. Everything, because you know that person doesn't want to hear about it.
0: Right, right. It 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 already sets up. I think you're going to be a moron if you say something. (laughs) Yeah. If you answer in the negative to me, and like, there's Rejection. We had this interview with. I'm. You're a comedy fan. I'm sure you know Todd Glass. And he said, you know, we interviewed him for this to talk about censorship, and he was like, you know, some comics are not saying anything about this stuff because they're comics and they want to be liked. And yeah. they might have a problem with something someone says and they just don't say anything. And I think that was like one of the points that you didn't have on here that I wanted to say. Gerald just listens. This I'll play the clip right here. But Gerald just listens because he's being polite. And absolutely, there's this thing that I have. I don't know if you've had it. Where like someone who's a jerk, like they think that you listening to them and not being, like, a wretch and calling them out on stuff to their face, they think that, like, you don't detect them lying or being mean or being snarky. It's like, no, I just don't want to do it right now. Like, I'm just listening to you and being...
2: I find myself in that situation more often than I don't, just listening to assholes speak and making them feel worthy of speaking to me, you know, like, feeling their message is is valuable. And And I don't know if that's my, my female upbringing or, you know, my southern West Virginia thing or if that's just society in general but being polite is just part of life these days for me
0: (laughs) yeah i i think i think i'm i'm the one that walks away being like i should have been nicer to that person or whatever you know but oh i walk away being like i did it again i did it again (laughs) (laughs) But, but my experience is it doesn't take much it's you can just be oh, sitting no. there not saying anything, yeah. and they're they're oh, yeah. narcissists. They're going to think they're God's gift to man.
2: This is why I hate planes. And granted, we're not on them anymore, so I I really miss them. Shout out to planes. Shout but out planes. This is TRL I miss you guys. Um, but when I used to be on planes. The people next to me would always talk to me. I think it's just my face is very, like, it's round and inviting, so people want to talk to me, and I'm too polite to not talk to them. It's just, my my boyfriend's really good at it. I'm terrible at it. I've had full conversations with people that I hate the conversation. I hate everything they're saying, but I nod and smile and agree for an hour and a half because I'm stuck on this tube with this person, and by the time we leave, they think they just convinced somebody to join their cult or whatever, and I'm leaving thinking, I hate myself for not telling them to shut the fuck
0: up We have the same relationship with our significant others Where I talk People will I don't have a round face I have what has been described by a friend of mine as Rasputin-like And yet people Ooh. still come up to me and talk to me And they yeah, Well, oh, cute Rasputin So I, To be fair, <laughs> I could play Rasputin in like the CW version Not in, the, not in the HBO version um, Yeah <laughs> but, and they'll come up to me and have full conversations. And only once has it been like a real issue where like an employee like followed. I mean, this was when we had stores, shout out stores, TRL, now guys Um, followed us around the stores, showing us sh- shit on her phone. But I'm the same way. they, they, they There's something you leak. There's some vibe you... it has
2: got to be. And I'm happy to hear that your face is hideous.
0: Thank you. Uh, and people still talk
2: to you because I really thought I would never be able to get rid of this. But if it's not my face, I can do better.
0: Yeah. I And, and I've tried being curmudgeonly. I don't know what it is. I, I think it's... A, I've tried it too. Yeah.
2: Headphones in, sunglasses, it doesn't matter. And I thought the masks would help because we're still very pro-mask here in Hawaii. And Hey, uh, hey everyone, this podcast
0: is pro-mask.
2: We yeah, are, I mean, let's masking. be clear, everybody should be pro-mask. I just have relatives in West Virginia, so I know that not everybody is. Yeah. Um, but even with masks, sunglasses, hat, eye, you know, headphones, people still tap me on the shoulder. Hey, do you want to talk in this grocery store? Uh, no, but I say yes, because, okay.
0: You still say yes in COVID. Now that you do have a problem, Chelsea, okay. I have a serious problem. Let's... If you or someone you know has experienced a hashtag cult, is trapped in a hashtag cult, or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show, go to hashtagcult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show. We want to hear your story.